another beautiful, interesting, and unique perspective. We're talking to Miss Deborah Carrington. She's a business owner. She's a globe trotter. Uh, beautiful black woman here with uh, her story. So tune in and let's uh, listen and learn. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on Earth. It's time to do your part. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do it. Tap into the conversation. Check one, two. As we cover the latest issues affecting our communities and the world. It is absolutely vital that the truth comes out. Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from firsthand experiences. Is your mind truly free or is it caged? This is Do Your Part with Brian Gallo. Oh, my loyal listeners, everybody, new listeners as well, welcome back to Do Your Part. You know what the objective is here. We're trying to uh, just get people thinking, get those creative juices flowing, change minds, and really understand people's idea, perspective, what they're going through. Have a little empathy. Today we have Deborah Carrington. Deborah Carrington is a friend of mine. She's a business owner. She's got a beautiful story, businesses owner. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And uh, it's a hot day here in the desert, and I appreciate you taking the time to come out. Why did you decide? I always ask guests in the beginning, why did you decide to come have a chat with me today? I'm always curious as to what you're up to. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a fan of yours, and I, I'm just curious. I love it. I like that answer a lot, because you know I'm most likely going to be up to something <laughs> good, right? Exactly, exactly. And you're one of the first people that I met. When I moved here to the desert, remember mm -hmm. it was during Fashion, Fashion week, week, and there was this guy in this huge, tall hat, and I go, "Who is that black guy?" <laughs> and I think we've been friends ever since. We have, right? And it's interesting because I think as I get older, it's uh, my pool of friends uh, shrinks, and I do consider you a friend because yeah, you've got such a spirit and an energy, and you know, it's I do believe birds of a feather flock together, so I'm happy to call you a friend. And then we found out later that we have a mutual friend. Right, from that, Chicago. From Chicago, and that just made it much easier. Uh-huh. And isn't that funny when you have a mutual friend, it really kind of co-signs your intuition that you, you know, that this person's cool. Exactly. Like, we connected first, and mm -hmm. then we found out that we had this mutual friend that we both adore right and then it and, was over and then it was over and then i go, and then i come to her store with him and she's like you guys need to be together that's another conversation <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation you're right? sweet though because that's a friend too looking out for you you know playing chuck woolery or you know playing matchmaker i love that and when he listens to this he's gonna know who we're talking <laughs> about right <laughs> of course he is of course he is he's a good dude i just yes. talked to him earlier yes um, and in fact, hopefully we'll be getting him on the show as well. And he's got a powerful story to share too, yeah, you know, um, with just a lot of uh, hard works, blood, sweat, and tears into his career and where he is today. It's pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. So as far as you, I would like for you to tell the listeners, tell me a bit about your background. I actually don't know too much about where you're from, your oh childhood. God. Tell us a bit about that. I grew up in a little town outside of Chicago, Gary, Indiana. Mm. You're the second and, guest from Gary, Indiana. Go ahead. And so every time I tell someone I'm from Gary, Indiana, it's two things. Do you know Michael Jackson? Mm -hmm. Or did you know Michael Jackson? Do you know the Jacksons? Well, did you? My mom did. Okay, go My ahead. mom did. And um, then they always sing the song, The Music Man. I mean, not, uh, what is it, the song from Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana? I don't know it. You have to Google it. We might pull it up before the show's over. Go ahead. I think it's from The Music Man. So okay. it's just this song, and Gary Indiana is part of the lyrics, so everyone goes, oh, mm -hmm. The Music Man. 
so those are the two things. But yeah, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Um, my dad was from um, Columbus, Georgia. Okay. My mom grew up in Gary. They met in Chicago and settled in Gary and raised my sister and I there. Mm -hmm. The two of you. Yes. Gotcha. So was it was it were big, families bigger? In, I mean, I don't want to use the Jacksons as an example, but were you all different just because it was you and your sister? Were families bigger? What's interesting is my mom came. My mom came from a family of nine, and See, there she was go. the oldest. Mm -hmm. And my dad came from a family of seven. Yeah. So they didn't want a large family. Uh huh. But what's interesting now that you just you know talk about those times, uh, my mom was um, she's a legend at our high school in Gary, Indiana, where many of the Jack Ruby Jackson was her office aide, by the way. Oh, by the way, Centipede is one of the hottest songs. If right, you don't know it, right. download it. Go ahead. And, you know, so she's been featured on CNN talking about her experience with our high school, Roosevelt High School, and the Jacksons. And um, Wow. This was in, the, what, the 90s? No. Well, this, my mom worked at the high school probably from the 50s until uh -huh. she retired in the 2000s. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. So she was there. My dad was a teamster. Mm -hmm. And I think where I was going with this is that during those times, our parents did so much with so little. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know how they did it, but it was just a, it was a different time. Yeah. Was there community support? Absolutely. You know, that, that was during the times growing up when, you know, the neighbor could give you a spanking. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And people, so, so you were happy. You have a good story. You had a good childhood growing up in Gary, Indiana. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Um, I want to talk a bit more about your mom and her being kind of a local legend. What, what was her story growing up and, and how, why did she make these choices to want to be the person she was? Well, I think like many of us, you kind of fall into jobs that are available in the community. Mm -hmm. And at that time growing up, my teachers were PhDs because they couldn't do anything else, but they were great academics, and I had a great academic you know, experience growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom, who wasn't college educated, but both of my parents were just brilliant, mm -hmm. and they really focused on education and the importance of education. Mm. So, you, so you, you, you guys were lucky. Your parents were very serious. Yeah, they were very, they didn't play. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, time with my dad was going to the golf course, and that's how I took up the game of golf uh -huh. because he grew up near, you know, knowing Augusta, Georgia, and all of that in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are, that was my experience growing up. You mm -hmm. know, I spent time in the library or time on the course with my dad in Gary, Indiana, you know, during that time. What was high school like for you? I love hearing that, because I had a good childhood. Mm -hmm. I really did. My mother struggled to make sure that she had food on our plates and that I was able to have lunch money for school and have, be dressed and such. But mm -hmm. I had a, I really no complaints. Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit more about maybe your high school experience. Um, again, very academic driven. Mm -hmm. um, we had accelerated programs. A lot of the courses that were offered my freshman year in college at Purdue University, I'd already taken um, in high school because I was in this whole accelerated program. Mm -hmm. she, so the big brains on Deborah. Oh, I was opposite. <laughs> I was opposite. I was like, 
We won't talk about that. <laughs> My sister was a smart one in our family. I didn't have a choice. Well, hey, why well, right, cuz your dad would have that, that belt would have come off. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> or switch. <laughs> oh jeez. Um so all right, so then let's move into your 20s cuz cuz again, you as I introduced you, you have a long resume of accomplishments and mm-hmm. so I kind of want to hear the the pavement and the paveway and the road that got you to where you are today so let's move into your 20s a little so bit. we're skipping it we're skipping college well 20s is well, how old were you when you went when how old 17 Seven, oh yeah that's right that's right because she because she was a smart 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 girl all right so tell me about your college experience at Purdue so Purdue was in kind of the middle of the state Indianapolis is our capital mm-hmm. and so there's Gary, which is in northwest Indiana, closer to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So Purdue is between Indianapolis and Chicago and Gary. And home. Right. So I was about an hour and away mm-hmm. away from um, home in West Lafayette, Indiana, in the middle of the cornfields. Wow. Was that a culture shock for you? It was. Uh-huh. I had to learn how to do my own hair. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I learned to relax my hair and do all those things to maintain your hair as a young black college student. Mm -hmm. Were people receptive to you and welcoming to you? Yeah, we had a really good, um, yeah, I would Mm -hmm. say so. It was a time where, you know, we, I think blacks comprised, it was about 30,000 kids on campus at that time. Mm -hmm. And my recollection is we had about 3% of the population of black folks. Purdue was a big engineering school. My major was communications and business, but um, yeah, so it was a it's a very academically driven university, mm-hmm. and with, commu- with a focus on sciences and business. What'd your sister do? My sister graduated from University of Michigan. We're Big Ten folks. Uh huh. And so she. What's Big Ten? Is that that's the school ref, that you're referencing the school? No. So the Big Ten is, oh, you know, it's Ohio State, Michigan, gotcha. Purdue. Okay. So the, we all of that area. Right. Like you, there's the Pac-10. Uh-huh. On the West Coast, and so we're the Big Ten. How embarrassing! All right, I learned something new today. Go that's ahead. Okay. You're, I know you're a big sports guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, not. Go ahead. Yeah. So my sister, um, we're two and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. And. Um, She's the brain. She was valedictorian of her class, graduated from University of Michigan, has mm-hmm. an MBA from DePaul wow. in Chicago. And so her wow. specialty is um, uh, corporate consultancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So com- communications and business. So that obviously led you to where you are today because a lot of business is what you've been doing. Yes. Did you work in communications at all? I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't. I thought at one time I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, oh, wow. And that's why I, you know, I was on the um, student newspaper at Purdue. I used to write articles mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. But I fell into retail in Chicago after college. So, yeah, because you're known as this kind of fashion guru. Tell us a bit about that. Well, I needed a job after college. Um and I started in retail. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell into retail. And I worked for a department store chain in Chicago, Carson Perry Scott. Um, we had about 30 stores throughout the Midwest. Okay. And I started in our training program mm-hmm. and kind of worked my way up and became one of the few black buyers in the United States at that time. Whoa. So I started in training program 
and then you go into store management. You know, you have to learn how to manage departments and mm -hmm. manage a store, and then ultimately you buy a store, and then you go into you know the C-suite. You know, from there. Um, but I I kind of stayed at the buyer level. Mm -hmm. um, I bought furniture to start, juniors, and I know a lot of people think I'm just this woman that, you know, this was a hobby, but this is all I've done all my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I've learned it from the ground up, from a corporate perspective, and now it's my own business. Yeah, because I, I would never assume that you just pulled this out of nowhere. It's, it looks like you have... Um... Yeah, you have a degree in business. I mean, you have you're very tight and very immaculate with. Thank you. It's Thank true. You, Brian. It's Thank true. You. And if you haven't checked it out, we'll talk a bit about her business. Actually, we'll go into that right now. But I was just talking to Nikki. You've got some of the illest, freshest, like most sickening, most unique pieces, really anywhere. But mm -hmm. they're here in the desert, which is a trip. So tell us a bit <laughs> about it. It is a trip to me. Tell us about your store and your business a little bit. Well, it kind of comes back from my corporate America years right mm -hmm. and i'm always a champion of the underdog right and when you're in corporate america you're given budgets you're given you know you you have a square footage in which you have to furnish the store mm -hmm. by department and during those days it's different now i will walk into the buying office on straight street in chicago and these poor folks would be just sitting out there trying to get a meeting with the buyers mm -hmm. right and I didn't really have the um, decision-making ability to bring in everybody that I gravitated towards, right? Mm -hmm. And I just always made a promise to myself that when I had an opportunity, I would help those emerging designers get a platform, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. And being here on, so I started my business in Gary, Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, I was inspired by a brand, Shinola, out of Detroit. And Shinola is a brand that started as a, um, you ever heard shit from Shinola? Kinda, yeah. yeah. I have heard that so before. So now they're like this national lifestyle brand, but they're really... You could take uh, those off if you want, that's if you okay. prefer, yeah. Yeah, so they're really a um, Detroit-based, Detroit-bred brand. Mm -hmm. and Shinola. I, Shinola. Okay. And I am a Gary, Indiana rooted brand. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is part of your legacy. Yeah, this is part of my legacy. Okay. And people from my hometown. Mm -hmm. and hopefully, I'll make them proud. I'm know? sure you already have. Yeah. You are your mother's daughter. So, the, the, you know. Thank you. Thank you. You're already there. Thank you. Wow. Shinola. Okay. Again, I'm learning something new today. So, read, so I want to talk. Okay. Okay. So, I think I kind of got off topic, right? So yeah, that's all right. We we're talking about what inspired me. So mm -hmm. it's really my my passion to help others. Mm -hmm. And you, my neighbors are the Ralph Lawrence of the world, as you know, Escada, you know, mm -hmm. all of these legacy prestige brands, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm blessed enough and, you know, fortunate enough to be on that street. Mm -hmm. And it takes years to get there you know it's taken me 30 plus years to get here mm -hmm. and if i can help someone get there faster i've done good mm -hmm. so how are you so how are you doing that today how can listeners get receive help from you i really want to help minority designers i mm. want to help uh women designers um 
So spread the word. Gotcha. You know, it's about quality, but there are a lot of people that are quality designers that just really don't have a, a chance. Mm -hmm. And I have space. We don't have to go through channels of corporate decision making. I am the decision maker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just really want to give them a platform, whether it's based in the store or a trunk show, because I know that a lot of the designers have been suffering during this time. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I've just expanded my space. I have two locations on El Paseo now. Mm -hmm. um, I just taken over the former Burberry space, so I've you know quadrupled my space. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you. So I just really, um, I'm always looking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that a lot of these designers, they don't have a chance. They're not able to have the same chances. Why is that? It takes a lot of money. Mm. You know, it takes a lot of money. Um, it takes getting to the right person, mm -hmm. right? Um, and for me, it doesn't, we can build together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a thousand pieces to be in Summer Colony, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'll work with you. You know, you put three or four pieces on my rack. We work together. We promote it. It works. And then you have money to build your brand. Mm -hmm. And it just starts like that. Um, let's talk about... Because when you said not having a chance, I know for you, is there something about you where... It seems like you've gotten to this point pretty effortless, effortlessly, effortlessly, pardon me. So a little tongue twister there. So talk about, I want to hear about that experience and some of the pros and cons, right? Because you do, it does seem easy watching you do what you do. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Right. I know there had some hurdles you had to jump through. I have. Um, it hasn't always been easy, but I always, um, I think about our ancestors. I think about people who've had it tougher than me mm -hmm. you know I, I was fortunate enough to go to israel like to tel aviv and wow. you know i've seen the holocaust museum mm -hmm. and i think about people who have had it harder than me i think about the the slaves and coming over on the slave ship and i don't complain about my the things that i have to go through I just go. I just go. Yeah. That's deep because I think that um, through these weird times we're living in, a lot of people are like, well, you know, you've had the, you have the same opportunities that everybody else has. So why should you not be where we are? Or, you know, um, what's the plight of the black person? Is it that bad? I've heard people say racism doesn't exist. So I think it really is all about perspective. And I like that you mentioned um, – that you pay homage to the folks that really paved the path for us. So travel, I always, I'm glad you mentioned that because I always like to circle back to things in conversation and travel is so important. What did you learn through traveling? I know I've, I've been lucky enough to see some places as well. And it, I remember being stopped in my tracks by some of the things I experienced, saw or learned. So talk about the, what you learned and the importance of travel. You know, the one thing I've learned is what we're all the same. Mm-hmm. No matter where you live on the planet, we're all the same. Mm -hmm. We speak different languages. We may serve a different God, but we're all the same. Period. Period. And it's not complicated. It's not complicated. 
People can try to complicate it as much as they want. It's that simple. It is. It is. I and remember they, being in Barcelona with my mom and my sister, and we were um, at the Olympic Village, and there's this hill or a small mountain we're up, and there were people from all around the world just dancing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just dancing. Sounds like a dream. Right? Sounds like what it's supposed to be. And I remember being at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And people from all backgrounds just praying together. Mm-hmm. And the energy that was there. And the energy. Yeah. And so I look around, I think about those experiences. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. Those experiences mold us and they mold you, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. You talk about we can shop as much as we'd like, we can buy as many cars as we'd like, but travel really, it's just it's something that sticks with you. And it it's does. supposed to. It's it supposed does. to. It does. I think a lot of people, um, and you know, I think we're limited vocabulary sometimes, but a lot of people who are ignorant um, or uneducated um, or small-minded, and I'm not calling anybody out specifically, but they, those are people that could gain and benefit so much from just seeing how other people live. Right? Exactly. We talk about, you know, oh, my freedom and my freedom, my freedom. It's like you don't, I mention this often, you've never seen what freedom doesn't look like mm-hmm. until you've been to some of the places that you have seen, you know. I mean, just the Palestinian territory beset behind, be, that separates Jerusalem mm-hmm. and Bethlehem, as you know, mm-hmm. is you know, between on the side of that wall is Palestinians who are not experiencing freedom and live in poverty, right? Exactly. Scary stuff. So, you know, and even I always use Mexico as an example, too. You can just grab your ID or passport, maybe not now, but you could go mm-hmm. over to Mexico and mm-hmm. see a different way of life. Exactly. Humbling. Exactly. Yeah. I want to hear about, and I hate to ask you this because this might not be the tone that you want to share, but I want to hear about what it's like moving through your life with such accomplishments and dealing with racism, Because you had to have, you know, we, you had to have had some sort of, or maybe even chauvinism. You've had to have had some roadblocks where people have, um, or what is it like? You know what? I remember, let me ask you this. This is a very direct question. Have you ever had somebody come into your store and say, oh, you're the owner? Yes. Right. Happens more often than you would think, right? And, you know, to be quite honest with me, there was a time when I would hide it. Wow, Deborah. Because you knew you'd get sales if you did. Yeah, and there may not, there may be that person who didn't want to patronize me because of the color of my skin. Uh huh. And over the past year, I said to myself, I don't care anymore. Because as many people that have that mentality, they're the same amount of people that want to support me. And so three years later, I'm still here and growing and thriving. Mm hmm. And so to answer your question, I pray for people like that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm it? not the one. Oh, we know that. I'm not the one. She's from Gary. We know that. I'm not the one. For those of you that are just listening, you should see the expression on her face. I'm, and I'm for those of you that are on YouTube, you could see. She's not playing with you. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm glad. Thank you for getting a little vulnerable and sharing that with us. Because... Um, what does it feel like in the past three years now that you, I guess, can own all of everything that's going on and not have to worry about those things you did in the past? Is it liberating? Does, is there a different feeling? Do you feel the same? I feel like there are always challenges. It's challenging now going through this pandemic. Totally. And trying to put our head around it. And 
Yeah. You know, the thought of people wanting to come to the store and not want to wear a mask and mm -hmm. all of those things. So it's always going to be a challenge in life. Mm -hmm. It's just how you deal with it. Yeah, I like, like that. Like they say, it's not what, what is it, not what happens to you in life, but how you react to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so how do you keep such a, 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 a sunny, cheery, happy disposition? Do you meditate? Do you, what do you, like, what, what is it about you that I'm keeps you so me mellow? Spiritual. So I have my spiritual place and, you know, belief in a deep faith in God. And you tap into that. I do. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think that that's the one string that a lot of people have with this, with my guest series. A lot of people um, keep themselves in a positive space because mm -hmm. they have a relationship with their spirituality. Mm -hmm. You know. Do you know who Daddy McClurkin is? Of course. So my favorite song is, um, you know that song, We Fall Down, You Fall Down But You Get Up mm -hmm. by Daddy McClurkin. Mm -hmm. So when I'm feeling low, I put a song on. Ah. I like this. And this is, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to ask you for some solutions, and this is one right here. Uh, what's the name of the song again? I don't know. that. I know it's the, the lyrics are, you fall, we fall down. What is it? Let me Google it. Yeah. Dinah McClurkin. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, it's interesting. While you're, while you're Google searching that, I, uh, Lovely Day uh, by Bill Withers is something that I like to start my day to. And sometimes something that's been good for me is having some sort of ritual when I start my day. If that is through song or through adages in the mirror or if that's through meditation. Um, I want to start journaling. But anyway, uh, I know, the right? importance of that. I really do. And we're going to play a song for you in a little while uh, as we... Uh, close the conversation, the but go ahead. It. What is it? So it's Donnie McClurk and we fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. Um, I like that. And so there we go. And this is a direction we want to give, push people in. It's like, you know, what are some things, again, that might identify with our culture that keep us happy and afloat? Um, I'm going to continue to mention this as we move through several conversations here on Do Your Part. Uh, but this is important. This is an album. Uh, the album is titled acapella praise by the golden gospel singers so for a lot of people that are curious about uh history of black folks or how you know the connection we have through music this is a powerful album uh but also donnie mcclurkin so thank you for that yes um all right so we talked a bit about how you respond to people in your store and how you've kind of found you know more of yourself through owning yourself through having to um stand firm in your position as to who you are while dealing in business. Um, what advice do you have for people out there? Let's actually talk to a specific group. For people who um, want to empathize with black people and they want to help but they don't know how, what do you have to, t what do you have to say to them? Because I know when George Floyd and all this stuff came out, a lot of uh, friends probably reached out to you. They reached out to me. What answer do you have for them? That's a very loaded question. You may not I have I think a lot of people don't understand history, right? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, in order to have educated responses, you must understand history. So I would say read more history so you can understand the root of this. Do you have any specific, um, anything specific that people should read up on history-wise? I mean, for example, the whole Karen, and I'm not, history just broadly, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the whole Karen experience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's trending right now. That's trending now. So understand the root of that. And I had a Karen experience this week, for example. 
And I just did some research on this whole Karen thing, right? Mm -hmm. But what I realized is that it goes back to my parents. I never realized why my dad would refer to Miss Anne. So pre-Karen was Miss Anne. There was, there's Karen now, there's I've Becky. Okay. So it's an NPR article, I believe. Whoa, Becky. So, and then there's Miss Anne. So this isn't anything new. So your parents were calling Karens Miss Anne. Yes. And what is a Karen? A Karen is entitled. Mm-hmm. Vocal. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Vocal. Yeah. It's just like a woman in a store this week asking me to move closer to the cashier because I, you know, the next next marker was up there. Oh, you weren't six feet apart from her. I was. But, I was but, more than six apart, but she wanted me to move to the next. She wanted to control you. Yes. And did you? How did you respond to that? Because um, it might sometimes it might be easier to just move, you know. No, but it was her. It's it's the way in which you ask people. You don't order people to do something. Then her response was, "Are you going to move?" And I said, "No," and I told her my age and turned around. And she shut up. Yes. Because remember, she don't play. Exactly. Okay, she's not the one. That's what it was. She is not the one. I'm not the one. Yeah, this is, um, I'm trying to wrap my head around why we, and it's interesting to hear about Miss Anne because that gives me some solace in the fact that uh, these people have always been around, but there just seems to be more happening, a, a stronger voice, a, a wave of more entitlement with a lot of people. Uh, to get out there and feel like they need to get in people's business and tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that anger comes from? And I know you're, you're you're not. This isn't your wheelhouse. But why are people so angry? I think people are angry on both sides, right? Uh huh. I think that um, there is racism. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think the circumstances of what's going on in the country is just bubbling up a lot of unpent emotion. Yeah. Wow. Around unpent emotion and we all know what that feels like right no one's ever put it that way to me that's interesting so it's all bubbling up right? yeah but what do you do with that emotion and do you so, use it positively or negatively you know because you're right i think a lot of people have pent-up emotion but why is it all directed towards black people still you know what i mean in terms not of, all of it but in terms of what well it just seems like right now there's just the, the, there's so much racial inflammation you know what i mean there's people are so it just seems like it's such um it's like resurged it's i mean i wasn't around in the 60s or 50s or i'm obviously but it like it's akin to the 60s right? it's what it's akin to the 60s it's like the 60s right but we were but, 80s but, but, and 90s were different you know it's different what is technology yeah no you're right and, and will and smith so, said it it so, didn't go away it's just so getting the, filled the difference yeah. now is that you heard about these things mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but now things are instantaneous yeah right yeah so information could be suppressed or it just didn't wasn't disseminated as quickly mm-hmm. through as we can do now through technology mm-hmm. so that's what's changed the whole landscape yeah. Right. You think for the better? I think for the better. Yeah. Social media scares me sometimes. You know, I'll wake up and I'll open it and I'm like, ugh, and it's just like not the way I want to start my but day. But sometimes you have to tear things down to make things better. Yo, that's the truth. And like, 
I, have, I often use this analogy and it's so basic, but it's like if, if we were to compare the world or humanity to one person with a drug addiction, you have to hit rock bottom before you understand what's going on and mm-hmm. you understand your addiction and then you start doing the work mm-hmm. and then the healing happens. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like we're consciously at this kind of rock bottom, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just so bizarre. And mm-hmm. with a lot of conversation I've had, I'm like, do people have hope? Do you have hope? I do have hope. I mean, just think about segregation. Right? Uh-huh. And... Back then, people like us were bused into schools. You know, there are still segregated cities, but integration is much better than it was in the 50s and the 60s, Mm -hmm. right? So it's all about incremental progress. I think that things are being expedited now because, Mm -hmm. again, of technology and the um, breadth of things that are just happening all at once, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's, a what, lot. that's what's happening um, to really cause this huge unrest. Yeah. You know, you have the Breonna Taylors. Then you have the George Floyds, you know. What do you think about Breonna Taylor? Like, what, is that just another, another day being black? It shouldn't have happened. Right. She was just sleeping in her bed. You shouldn't be killed in your own bed. No, that's the one place you feel the safest. Right. You know? And I think that people that kill people should be held responsible. One thousand percent. So just as simple as that. You think that we'll, we'll get justice? I hope so. I pray. Yeah. Yeah. I like this because, again, especially um, black folks I have on the on the show. You know, do you have hope? Where are you now? You know, and for me, it's like I continue to have hope, but I've never been more confused in my life. You we know? have one life, Brian. I hear you. And I'm trying to do the look. I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to to provide something for people to uh, think about. I want to be able to do right and spread love and spread understanding and communication. And it's just it's still very trying. It's still very, um, you know, you you want to continue to have faith in people, but sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. small small things that you see just from people you might know uh, that are just reflections of. Um, how self-centered people can really be. And that's not the focus mm-hmm. I want to go right now, but it's just, it can be disheartening. So hope is something that I always need to make sure is in the forefront of my mind, and that's what we need to make sure that the listeners are also excited about, I also too. think that this whole time, whether it's um, the George Floyd um, movement that his death precipitated, um and the pandemic mm-hmm. i think we're just really being brought back to what's really important in life mm-hmm. and to the basics i like that back to the basics mm-hmm. what are the basics family faith mm-hmm. love love experiences simple the simple things in life community That's, taking care community, of people you don't know i was just sharing with someone um, from Seoul, South Korea this morning who was in my store. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just talking about how I think that things, if you keep community strong, you keep the world strong. And communities are built on families and households and the cousins and the friends and the, you know, your colleagues right? Mm-hmm. That's what builds our world. Mm-hmm. Communities. Like when I travel, I want to go, I, I like the tourist things, 
But I like to go into the neighborhoods. I like to go and see how the locals live. I'm the same way. The first time I traveled, I was 21. I went to Europe, and I was lucky enough. My buddy, uh, Rick at the time, he had a cousin in Wales, and we got to stay at their house, and his mom made us food, and it was Wales, but I was like, this is a trip, Mm because it was so different from what I knew. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're right. It's really about immersing yourself in the cultural experience. Um, Seoul, Korea. Have you been to Korea? I have not. I was scheduled to go. I had a ticket to go. Did you? In March. Wow. That place is supposed to be... Yeah. Insane. Have you been to, to Asia at all? I have not. That gotcha. would have been my first trip. But you'd like to go. Yeah, Yeah, I was scheduled to go. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then this happened. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, the bizarre times we're living in. Exactly. I'm still seeing people travel. I actually am going to take a road trip. I'm not hopping on any planes anytime soon, but the idea right. of road tripping is going to be fun. I'm actually supposed to go visit our friend in Chicago in August. We'll see. Um, so I, I, you have some stuff on your cell phone. I want you to also, I want you to talk about, I want you to, if there's anything you want to add, this is the time. And I want you to read that adage, uh, that you pulled up on your cell phone. Cause I think it's powerful. Yeah, I was very reflective during the whole George Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this. Business owner, model, author. (laughs) Just a human being. Let's see here. Did I lose it? Take your time. And again, we're, you know, always towards the end, we like to ask people, you know, what are some solutions? How can you help yourself? So maybe this piece might just strike you. Hard enough to where you want to keep this in your own and add this to your collection of things that you can feed your brain. Um, Yeah, that's one thing I need to start working on as well is actually writing. I'm sorry. One second. No, it's okay because this is... Here it is. You got it? Okay. And then after this, I'm going to move into this song that I want people to uh, download or listen to. I think it's got a really good message. But this is your time. I want you to uh, to read. You wrote this. So have you titled it or it's just coming from your brain? It was just an open letter to you. Okay. And you know who you are, basically. Mm. All right. You know who you are. Go ahead. So an open letter to you. We must stop the ugliness. Stop and understand the root of the issue and unrest. Stop and think about how you have treated me differently or unfairly. And you may understand. Okay, I'm sorry. May I start again? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Open letter to you. We must stop the ugliness. Stop and understand the root of the issue and unrest. Stop and think about how you may have treated me differently or unfairly, and you may understand why those who look like me are so upset. We as a nation and world are better than this. For those of you that look like me, please stop destroying businesses like mine. It only worsens our opportunity for people that look like us to serve you on so many levels. Mm. So why did you write that? And who was you? Who were you talking to? (laughs) Black people, white people, Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. 
If people, you read it and reflect on it, you know who you are. Right. No, I get it. And I think it really, truly applies to everyone. Yeah. It really, really does. And this is a big part of what we talk about here is this underlining prejudice, this underlining, this, this stuff that we all have. Mm-hmm. We all have it to some degree. Black folks, too. I want people to think about how they treat people unfairly or indifferently mm-hmm. for, based on their own prejudice. What are right? some ways that they can do that? Because we say that, but what are actual instructions? What are actual actions that people can take? Is it just befriending of somebody black? Well, I mean, was it reading? Is no. it right? No, it's not watching the color purple, right? Like, what do you do? I think that you continue to live and you continue to listen. Okay. And then listen. you may start thinking, you know what? Maybe that's me. Maybe that's not the ugly person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know? So listen to things like this. Yeah. And if you're faith based, right? Yeah. Dig into your faith. Really understand what your scriptures or Quran and or whatever is about. I like that you said that because uh, that's what it's supposed to be there for, right? Right. But it sometimes people use it for evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's a trip. I'm really glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised with, really with too much religion, more spirituality, mm-hmm. um, but that really but resonates with me. Resonates with me. Right? It's like, exactly, exactly. It's and it really boils down to just being doing the right thing, being doing a good the person, right thing, and coming from love, right, and mm-hmm. loving people no matter what, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but speaking of the word love, and uh, this is just. I love this girl, Tiana Taylor. I think she's one of the more underrated artists out there, but I, I just think that her, a lot of her messages are profound. Um, so this is a song on her uh, most recent album, which is titled The Album. Uh, you may have heard this. Have you heard the, the her album at all or any songs? I haven't. Okay, so this song is called We Got Love, all right? Okay. So I'm going to kind of let it intro for a minute. Okay. And then I want to get to, in a moment, I'll get to the hook, which really where the message lies. Okay. The message for me is, you know, we live in in such an interesting culture where um, people are so obsessed with cash and money. So her Mm -hmm. message is, you know, love is the new money. So, Mm -hmm. right, let's change our focus. Let's change our addictions and our obsessions and make those obsessions about love, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I think money doesn't bring happiness, it brings you peace, right? But yeah. It, but sometimes it can bring you, Biggie was right sometimes with more money, more problems, you know? I agree. You know? I agree. And it makes people somewhat disillusioned. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. She just said self-love is the best love, right? So we're just going to let this ride for one second. And again, it's pretty powerful, powerful album. Home is where the heart is. Family. So I share that because what you said really kind of ties in with that. You know, play catch with the hundreds. I believe she's referring to spending time with the elders, right? right? right. Um, love is the new money, right? Mm-hmm. Home is where the heart is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Throw your hands up if you agree. So that that is a song similar to the Donnie McClurkin song that you uh, suggested earlier. Uh, Bill Withers is my favorite. Um, Lovely day. All songs that can just help you uh, love and think, right. relax, right. empathize. All right. So um, before I say goodbye, any solutions you want to leave with the folks at home? 
Anything else you can tell them that uh, might be able to help them expand their minds and understand the plight of uh, people of color? Just open up your mind and your heart. Mm -hmm. Open it up. Yep. I like that. All right. And I like you. I'm glad you came today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, okay. thank you, loyal listeners always, and new ones as well, and viewers on our YouTube show. We appreciate you guys. If you have any questions or inquiries, you always can email us. You know that. Always lots of love to you. Do your part. We love you. Love on each other. That's it. Bye-bye. Awesome. I am absolutely confident that you continue to do your part. Thank you for listening to another episode of Do Your Part. I work at staying awake. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Stay connected with Brian Gallo through social media at Do Your Part Podcast or visit doyourpartpodcast.com. 